2: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today.
4: U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication. They're undetectable. They're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
1: Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. <laughs>
5: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK.
2: Hello Rush Nation, welcome along. It's been a long seven months, <clears throat> eight months I guess since the fantasy season ended, but we are finally here. We are on the cusp of week one. All the hard work, advice, strategy, tips and techniques we've been giving you over the, the last few weeks and months. Should all start paying dividends soon, Murph? How are you, sir? Are you well?
0: Sorry, I was getting getting the message out. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> um, yeah, week one, baby. I did the week one wave our show earlier, and I was like, oh my word, it really is here. Like it always hits me when when I do that show in particular yeah. uh, over any other over the last sort of five years. That's when I think, oh, it's back, baby, it's back. Um, I'm looking forward to getting the last couple of drafts. Uh, in the books as well, because I've not got many left. And uh, I worked out last night, depressingly, I've drafted, I have drafted on 176 of the last 177
2: days. Wowzers! Wowzers! <laughs> I oh. At this point,
0: I'm, I'm at like draft fatigue. Like last week, I called it uh, Hell Week because I had like 18 different drafts that were going at any one time, and it was pretty, uh, pretty ropey. But uh, we got oh. through a lot of them.
2: I'm kind of done with fantasy drafts. I'm now just yeah. edging off, maxing out my last bit of best ball drafting stuff, things like that, just to, to get something a bit nearer. So yeah, I hope something else is done. So and I've spent the Olympics died since what, April, May time. Um, yeah.
0: Best ball. I was kind of done with by June. Um, I think the only best ball I've done since is charity league. Best balls. I just did the XFT draft. And that's <laughs> best ball. Um, that was good. I did well in that draft, I feel. It was one of my better drafts this off-season. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm down in my final three drafts. I've got one tonight, which is yeah. a fast draft. And then I'm in a home league draft, which is a slow draft. It's nice. been going on for over a week. And I've got one pick. I've got Mr. Irrelevant in that one. So I probably won't pick till tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then we have our listener league. Our last one, which is standard, which we're going to do a fast <clears> draft <throat> on Wednesday. So there's some space left in that. If you are interested in that, do get involved. i have got a few guests. Oh, my word, Nate. Evening Jack. Nate Mason. Mason's in the house, and Sam Fran. Hey, dear Mason. Nate Boomer. Here we go. Everyone's excited. <coughs> the, 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 whole, the whole gang's together. Football season back, right? It really is. And uh, I'm very excited for this football season. And, and Five Years as well. We've got a lot of great content. We've got a lot of new writers this offseason. Yep. So it's. Uh, I've uh, taken a step back from writing on the site um, to give others an opportunity to do uh, their thing. Uh, I'm going to be doing some things on Substack. I had planned to write somewhere. Um, and then uh, I haven't put this out publicly, but I'll say on here that uh, I'm not writing with Fantasy Pros in season. I'm writing with them out of season. Okay. So I'm done with them for the next couple of months. I will be back for them in 2023, um, but not, not currently. Um, and I was thinking about this and was thinking, do I want to take an opportunity? I got offered a a couple of opportunities to write somewhere, Hmm. but I actually think about it. I've written fantasy football content nonstop for, I think about 20 months with no real break. Multiple Multiple books in there. Um, you know, with the books with, I wrote, I wrote 30, over 30 articles in the off season for fantasy pros. Um, Plus other bits and pieces I've written elsewhere as well. Did you a break last then? season? Yeah, and last last season I wrote I wrote like forty five, fifty percent of the content that went on the site, maybe even more, all through mm-hmm. the season. So yeah, I I feel like uh, a little break uh, from week to week writing is is good. Um I'm gonna do some bits and pieces on the on the sub stack that I'll write uh, maybe some stuff on the site if Rob will let me I've had the reins over to him so if Rob lets me write some stuff on the site I might, I might even do that um, but I say so even key, if you I'm don't there's
2: really awesome teams across the have to redraft the dynasty guys um, there'll be waiver wires and start see ideas coming your way and injury reports I'm sure um, somebody's going to have to wake up the DFS guys because I guess they're going to have to kick no, it they're back ready. sooner or no. than later
0: The DFS guys are ready. We've been speaking all day. They're they're good to go. They're going to be back Thursday nights. Uh, The DFS show is back Thursday nights. I don't think there's going to be written content this year. Um, So for those that don't know, I I don't really play DFS all that much. Uh, Mark and I wrote the DFS content. I wrote kind of the basis of it, the players who I thought were good DFS picks. Um, I don't know how relevant that was. Um, We're not doing that this year. They're also going to change the platform they're talking about. I'm going to let them talk about it. It's their thing. Yeah. Um, so this changes change the DFS show, but I'm it's pleased right. to say that Nick and Mark are coming back. They've also got a third that's going to be joining them, which is amazing. So I'm really pleased. Uh, we've got all the shows going. We've got Fast Action Fridays. Um, yeah, Fast Action Friday. That's the new pod with Rob and Lewis. They're going to be doing it. I think Pitsy going to be <clears throat> potentially joining in. Um as well. Nate's, IDP the <clears throat> Nate's got all his IDP content and he's doing some great things for Fancy and friends. College well, has so.
2: had their week one last week and their excitement. And what weekend little... of college football too? Ah,
0: let's oh, not talk about this. Well, there, we could talk about the Gators, but that's, you know, I know Jack's watching and I've got to do it. The, the Noles are 2-0, oh, so maybe he, yeah. he's in a good mood to talk about college football for change. Ricky Seals, James is not questionable. Should I get him in week one? I've got 20 notifications to let me know he was healthy yesterday.
2: Didn't he get cut? Uh, <clears throat> I'd wait another 20, 10 days because there's probably another 60 notifications coming and he'll be in and out, in and out, in and out, as he has been for the last four days, I think. so.
0: I d- it, but he's not on the team, is
2: he? I'm pretty sure he's yeah. a free agent. He is. He's a free agent. He got cut. No, then, Jack. My expert advice to you would be don't <laughs> pick him
0: up. Yeah, he got, he got an injury settlement. Know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought he got cut. It's all, it's all about Daniel Bellinger now. Daniel Bellinger season. Join in. Jack. Jack, come on. You should know that. We'll ride the Daniel Bellinger chain. <laughs> no, he to... just tell me he was healthy well that's good I'm glad he's healthy while well, he's got an injury I think um sleep this's a sleeper algorithm for you I think because he got cut from an injury settlement because he was on IR and now he's not officially on IR because he's been cut I still think he's poorly maybe we all get <laughs> together and make him like a get well card I don't know I'm sure it's Do we? it's that sort of thing better after...
2: I'm sure he cashed that check and felt way better afterwards <laughs>
0: uh (laughs) yes well it depends how much you got paid off i don't like injury settlements aren't as good as they they should be really but uh we're well in the weeds here um just thinking of a (laughs) five thousand so stacy published his um waiver wire article i mentioned this on the waiver wire pod earlier so stacy's gonna be doing the column i'm doing the pod they're not the same pick so last year was you got me doing the the column and the pod and the pod was basically an extension of the column (laughs) Yep. Um. and it was like mm, did that really work i don't really know so we're going to give you two different perspectives from two different players and i think that gives you a bit more of a well roundedness of players available so you'll get more people to choose from but you also you get have enough differing... free advice
2: mate
0: <clears throat> just, i think differing opinions is good so yeah um stacy will have his approach i'll have my approach i'm not saying one is better than the other at all i'm just saying that they're different and i think that will help shape and more information is better and i think having that spread of information but in my in the wavewire pod every week i'm going to link to stacy's column so cool. um you know and what we're also going to do we're going to get some of the writers on this year who have written and we're going to get them on this show and we're going to promote yeah. some of their work because a lot of people associate five Yard with me and stocks and you and rich and liam and there's actually about 15 20 other people um yeah. That a part of it that people kind of think, oh, well, maybe they wrote for five year, maybe they don't, or oh, I've seen the odd thing pop up on here. But actually, we are a big. I mean, you know, like Mark and Nick and and Nate and uh, you know Hannah and, and Paul and um, uh, this is the part where I get into trouble. And Antonio the other and Nate you know, and Nathan and Antonio and Emerson. There's <clears and throat> <Emerson. throat> okay, so man. many, uh, so many guys and uh, girls. And that's the yeah. point is we want to showcase some of these writers through the through the weeks, and some of them are going to join the pod. Uh, I'm going to get my act together now. I've been sort of playing catch up with the illness um, and the leg stuff and start actually getting these guys booked in. And you're going to see some of these people front and center on this show over the next few weeks and follow them. Uh, they're great people with great advice and uh, doing great work. And I'm proud for every single person that's writing for us. I'm just amazed and flabbergasted and humbled by the work that they put together in their own time. There's such uh, a
2: contrast in. <laughs> strategy and mindset and so on as well that even if you don't agree with one of them the way they approach a certain situation you'll find content within there that actually fits how you play the game um, i think that's really such it. a
0: bit that's such a big part of it and you've got to remember right that the best fantasy analysts are right 60 percent of the time which means they're wrong 40 percent of the time yeah. which means that actually the best approach is to get more than a few opinions and what we're going to do at five yard is, is give you a, a whole array of opinions as you said you find what works for you you know, my advice doesn't work for certain players, and that's absolutely fine. And it shouldn't, because the way there's more than one way to play the game, it's just down to how you want to play it. Um, so it, it's an exciting time. I'm really amazed that it's 2022. It's September. It's, it's, it's going to start
2: getting cold and dark very soon, and I can't. Oh,
0: it, already, it already is. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, <clears> that takes us nicely into. Um, Talking about week one. So yeah I you know, the purpose of this show going forward, if you haven't tuned in before and you sort of picked us up in the off season, you've seen one of us or a couple of us around and whatever and you've joined. Thanks for joining in the off season and sticking with us. Uh this flagship show really is a kind of a, a a bit of a review of the weekend's games and then it's it's a in terms of from a fantasy perspective, what are some things that we picked up? Yeah. Who are some players we're keeping an eye on for the following week? strategy advice what are we doing in certain situations and trying to get ahead of the game always so yeah. has there been a trend has there been a a position where it was a clear bell cow that's now become a, a committee or is, Matt Stafford is it in
2: breakfast with cooper cup
0: <laughs> those sorts of things you know we bring you all the exclusives here but we we try and do the work for you so that you can pick the bones of what's happened at the weekend do it with yeah. us and then we give you the, the action with advice. We're going to have some great guests in the off-season, uh, in this season, not just yep. writers, but we're going to bring some of the best in the business as well to talk through some strategy. So awesome. It's very much a strategic pod, this. Um, not just, just your fantasy review and who to pick, but what we're seeing. What we're seeing through data, what we're seeing on the field, um, and giving you that insight. So so,
2: so on that note, I asked on Twitter a little earlier for some questions guys have at this time of year, and we'll come on to them a little bit later on, but <clears throat> We're here. We're Monday, game one, Thursday night for us. Uh, what are you looking to do with your rosters now, Murph? Where are you Where are you at? What's the plan? What should people we, we'll be looking for?
0: Well, it's a really good question. So, you know, Joe Bond and I just touched upon this last week, and it's, it's about getting those rosters in shape. Um, I think last week was your window to really exploit effectively an open waiver wire. Where mm-hmm. people weren't all that active, people were finishing off drafts, people were maybe doing some drafts. I don't know, but people weren't overly active in the leagues that were yeah. already running and had waivers open. And I think there was a window there last week to exploit. Let's just assume that window is shut, or maybe yeah. it's still. Even ever yesterday were notifications
2: draft. of people dropping people from their rosters. And I saw Ben Roffersberger drop this morning. That guy hasn't been in four comps.
0: <laughs> well, this is what I mean. And I and this is where you but you know what? I'm I'm marking down somewhere in a notepad who's dropped him now. Because I know they're not switched on. Yeah. Maybe if you're playing in a in a in a dynasty <laughs> league with someone who is in that boat, now's the time to pepper those people with some trades. Because now they're thinking, yeah. Oh, my roster's not as good as I thought it was. I need to do some tidying up, and maybe you can exploit some value there and get them yeah. get some yeah, short-term yeah. players on their roster and you can explore <laughs> the players on yours. So that's something I would be doing. I'd be exploiting situations from that. Who hasn't been active? Who can I potentially exploit into some trades? Um, I think probably the most underutilized tool right now in Redraft Leagues and Dynasty Leagues is the IR. So we yeah. now have a list of players who are on the IR. Load and 100% load them up. They're, they're extra spots on your roster. So... Yeah. Uh, Gus Edwards, Brian Robinson. You know these are the players that need to appear on your uh, on your bench or on your IR spot, so depending on how many you've got. Um, so what I was doing in drafts last week, and people were cottoning on if they were playing with me. Was, I, wasn't drafting, I wasn't drafting a kicker. I was taking yeah. Brian Robinson. I was taking Gus Edwards, yeah, and then oh, I was Gallop. doing Michael yeah. Gallup. I was yeah. just putting it. Well, my guy's not on IR anymore, which is annoying. He's questionable. He's but... been
2: called out today. No, he's been called out today. So he can now, be oh, well, set that way. So you baby... can
0: on IR. Oh, well, there you go. I saw earlier, he was still got a Q next to his name, but so if he's gone he's back out, to yeah. an O, then he can yeah. go. Great. So I'm moving those guys onto my IR and then I'm taking a kicker off free agency because I've now just put extra players on my roster, which is yeah. what you should be doing, right? You, you've, you're gaining yeah. an advantage by having extra players on your roster, and those guys could be out. And if they're out all season, if something goes wrong in their rehab, you cut them, you lose nothing. You lose nothing. So just that's what that's the sort of stuff I'm doing right now. I'm trying to load my and IR. If you've now met I, your
2: kicker requirements. If you picked a kicker up that you missed in the draft and so on, are you like I hitting handcuff running backs? Load up two, three, four, whatever space you've got in your roster. Are you hitting running backs in there?
0: Yeah. Um, at this point in the season, absolutely, I'm loading up on on handcuff running backs. So I want to get, um, so for me, my, and and also, and I talked about this on the waiver wire show, I want to get either players who are going to earn a role immediately or players who um, are handcuffed. So for me, there's two, there's two routes and I've kind of spread this approach. I've been picking up people like Kenyon Drake, uh, especially in leagues where I have Marlon Mack, for example, (laughs) I've got him replaced with Kenyon Drake straight like for like swap. Because I think Kenyon Drake, you know, we, we've seen what happens in Baltimore week one. Um, we saw this last year. We had no Edwards. We had no Dobbins. They had two guys out there. They let them play out. And who was going to be the hot hand, basically. Um, and if given the choice between Mike Davis and and Kenyon Drake, give me Kenyon Drake all day long. I don't think, you know, if I'm looking at, you know, I talked about this on the way I show earlier. So if you watch that, this is almost a bit of a repeat. And apologies because I'm even wearing the same shirt. Give me give me the player who, who has done it, who has proven that he is more of a dynamic talent. And Mike yeah. Davis isn't. He's a plodder. So there's that. Darryl Williams is another one in Arizona. I'm not sure what his role is yet. I think you know, Benjamin
2: might come out ahead of him on that one.
0: <clears throat> could, could happen, but I'm not so sure. He was signed for a reason. You know, you know Benjamin had that opportunity. If it was that dead sir, I don't think they'd go and pay someone like Darryl Williams the money they have. I'm not saying he's got big money, but he's got more money than just getting a rookie or or getting someone off a practice squad. It makes me intrigued. that I don't think everything is set there with Eno, which makes me think, how, what is Daryl Williams' role going to be? And listen, you can take a punt now because you can get him for zero dollars in your Fab, or you can just add him to your roster. If he has a significant role, let's say he has a flex role, a flexish role in week one, then all of a sudden he's intriguing because he's he's got a flex standalone flex role potentially. <clears throat> But he's also a good handcuff to James Conner, who we know gets hurt. Yeah. That intrigues me. That's someone I kinda want on my roster. <laughs> but if he's not, then I you know, I'm happy to just cut him next
2: week. It's not a big problem. Well I um, five yard listener the guillotine just finished up today. And I've literally done this in practice. I drafted Michael Gallup towards the end, I've stuck him on IR He went to out. Yeah. It's only a five spot bench, and all five are minor running backs. Sonny Michelle, we know, Benjamin, Chris Evans, Richard White, and Travis Homer because all of them could be starters going into week two.
0: Mason just asked a question. Do you feel like Alexander Madison will be
2: traded? Is he capable of starting elsewhere? Two questions. No, yes. Uh, I don't believe he'll be traded. He is probably good enough to start somewhere.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he is. I, look, I think Alexander <coughs> Madison is, is the product of a great system. That doesn't exist anymore, by the way. That system's gone, yeah. right? Mike Zimmer, the offensive coordinators are all gone. It's cleaned out in Minnesota. Are we that confident that that system is. Like everyone was saying, like, oh, Madison, he's the premium handcuff. Is he the premium handcuff anymore? I'm not sure. I haven't drafted him anywhere because okay. I'm not convinced that that we're, we're looking at Minnesota.
1: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforumc.org.
4: HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention.
3: PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you.
5: It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County.
1: Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org.
0: People are looking at Minnesota like it's the Minnesota of the last three years. Mm-hmm. not convinced that's going to happen. I think <clears> they're <throat> going to throw the ball more. I think it's going to go. You look at where the weapons are on that field. You know, you look at what they've got. They've got yeah. Phelan, Osborne, and they've got uh, Jefferson. You know, they've got great talent. Um, you've got Irv Smith, who I know he's been injured and hurt, and he might get injured and hurt again. But you've got talent. I know we've not seen enough of it, but we know he's a talent. At least that. All the talent really is in the air. I know David Cook's a good player, but David Cook has always been asked to do too much and he
2: always um, falls apart by week five. the frame game might give Cook a bit of respite <clears> as well.
0: And that and that's key. And I think that Cook's workload will go down, yes, but I think he lasts Longer. And I think in the long run, he's a better bet than he would have been. He's not, again, he's not someone I've targeted this season. I don't think I've drafted Cook in a lot of places because I think people need to realise that he's not what he was in the last few years. That Mm -hmm. one, a lot of tread the tire. Two, it's a different system. It's a different offence. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot more this season. But I think that helps Cook. And I think they should use someone like Mattison. That's why I don't see him getting traded. There's a long-winded answer to this. Mm-hmm. It's because I think they're going to use Mattison. I'm not going to say the Tony Pollard role, because that's not going to happen. But I do think he gets an increased role behind Cook to protect him, to preserve him. Because the problem is, Minnesota get to week 14, week 15. Cook's done. He's cooked. Literally cooked. He's done. He's finished. He can't yeah. do anything. And we've seen this time and time. He's either injured or he's completely out of gas. That can't happen. You need to have, you need to manage that workload. We saw it with Pittsburgh last year. They managed Nike Harris's workload, thinking they're going to get into the postseason or get very close to it. They took a load off, took a load off, and then they let him go again in the postseason. That's what Minnesota need to do. I think the new coaching staff and offensive scheme realize that. That's why I can't see him getting traded. I do think he is going to have a significantly better role but I'm also going to caveat and say this is not the premium handcuff role that he had. He's someone I would have faded pretty much everywhere uh, in all formats because I just don't see him getting those huge volumes. So you feel touches. like more
2: backup backs? You are now more injury dependent on Madison becoming reliable. I, I think
0: injury, I think, it, I think it's going to take multiple injuries for him. I okay. think it's not just injuries to Cook. I think it's injuries to Cook, Smith. And maybe Asian. one of the... I'm feeling it. I think, yeah. I think if that... Ha- and that could happen. Like We're talking about yeah. very injury-prone players. Like, yeah. But if if everyone's healthy, I don't see where... Let's say if Cook went down. I can't see Mattison getting 25 touches like he no. would have done in the past. I see him getting that sort of 15... I think maybe they bring another back in. They've got Abdullah there. I just don't know. I just... I just and I could be wrong here, right? And I'm just trying to read the tea leaves of what's going on with this team but and this is it when you've got a new coordinator you have to reevaluate. you have to think about the team differently we can't just look at the Minnesota Vikings with a new coaching staff a new GM new coordinators and think oh well they're just going to run the same plan they're not they're going to do something different we don't quite know what that is yet and the first couple of weeks are going to really tell us but yeah long-winded answer I don't think Madison is is the guy and and that's for capable of starting somewhere, yeah. But at the same token, I don't, I, I don't, I think there's many guys that don't start that are just as capable. I think Kenyon Drake's capable of starting yeah. somewhere. He's not, so yeah. it's not really a massive endorsement.
2: No. Fine. So week one, check your rosters. IR whoever you can. IR. Pick up your kicker. I think. Pick up running yeah, back for out. injuries.
0: Yeah, I, they're the key ones, really. I think, I'm, as you say, yeah. we're loading with with handcuffs, <laughs> you know. And I'm looking at guys who are going to walk into big workloads. So for me, Deonta Foreman, uh, Matt yeah. Breeder, these are the sorts of guys that are free on your on your waiver wires right now. They are the ones who are there. Well, I have a lot
2: of Donna Foreman, but
0: <laughs> well, yeah, so do I. And I've, I have a lot of Matt Breeder. And, and listen, yeah, I don't. <clears throat> and I've played nothing for them, and. At the end of the day, if it doesn't pan out, I don't really care. And that and that's fine. Like At the end of the day, yeah. you're taking lottery tickets. And this is all about... If you've ever read the Fantasy Football Playbook, if you haven't, it's still on sale. Do go and buy it, uh, even if you've done your drafts. I talk a lot about having rotational roster spots, right? For me, yeah. you've always got to have two guys... That you can cut quite easily, right? If things mm-hmm. don't work out, I think you've always got to have that the worst scenario you can be in is it's people who smash like go oh, i smash my draft and then you've got guys you can't you can't drop but you're never going to play them that's the it's like it's it's like fantasy purgatory um you end up having guys like uh kenny golliday it's the perfect example of a yeah. player who lives in fantasy purgatory where in, you're in a shadow league you've got Kenny Galladay, you never feel good about starting him, but you never want him to drop him because you don't want anyone else to have him in case it goes off. And if That's, you look at projections on Sleeper
2: this year, it's Zay Jones at the minute. Zay Jones is projected like 13 points week
0: one. Yeah, <clears> Yeah, I mean, <throat> all the... I don't mind people taking a, a punt on Zay Jones, right? Yeah. Take a punt on him. If it works, great. If it doesn't work... I quite like Zay Jones. I've got him in a couple of deep leagues. I like, think Fine. Like, But if it doesn't work, you've got to move on from these players. Like, Regardless yeah. of who you are, regardless <laughs> of where you drafted them. You can't have... You can't live in fantasy purgatory. That's one of the biggest mistakes that players make, is they get all these guys... AJ Green's a perfect example of a player who has put fantasy players in fantasy purgatory for years. I can't drop AJ Green because he's a Hall of Fame or he's about to be a Hall of Fame or whatever. I can't drop him. But he's doing you absolutely no good on the bench. You can't have players like that. Like, for me, it's fine. You start with these guys. If it doesn't pan out, you cut them. You move on. What if they do something elsewhere? Who cares? doesn't matter. As long as you've got someone who has come in and replaced and is doing something, even if it's one week, even if it's one week and they do something significant, it's worth it because you were never, ever going to put the player sitting on your bench. And, and you've got to be ruthless. Like you have to be so ruthless. And look at that roster and think, if it doesn't pan out, can I cut this guy next week? And I'm not saying you cut Josh Allen. I'm not saying you cut, you know, your studs. There were obviously clear players in your first five rounds who you're likely to keep most of the season, unless something drastically goes wrong or happens, whatever. But the players in, like, round eight, people get really attached to them. Like, for me, if Brandon Cooks didn't do it in Houston, and I doubt this is going to happen, but he's a bad example. (laughs) But if they didn't, I'd, yeah. I'd cut him. Like it doesn't matter. Like you've got to move on from players, or trade yeah. him. You've got to do one of those things. Do not leave yourself in fantasy purgatory. Do be ruthless with your roster. So I start identifying those players, and if you're starting to get the feeling, oh, I don't know if I could chop him at any point, then you're in. The, like you've got to get in that mindset of, of being able to drop him. You really have because you've got to have two, three spots that are continuing rotation, rotation, rotation. Like. For me, if I look at a league at the end of the season, I don't have the most transactions. I've not done it right.
2: And this is where you you can counter a, a, an average draft or a poor draft week uh, in week out and make the difference up. We spoke even just last season how I think both in you had and I had scenarios where we were, zero five, one and six, something like that, and it's about. Turning and turning and turning, and you only need to get lucky once or twice for it, and you will if you play the number of averages and the, the, the laws of the game. Exactly. You will find one, um, and I think in both of our scenarios, both of us went on to make the playoffs in those leagues, in those yeah. situations. Uh, and this is where you you can't you can't win a league at a draft, you can't lose a league at a draft. It's about the ongoing. Uh-
0: I think you can lose the league at a draft. I don't think you can win one at a draft. I do think you, you can. You could lose I the league th- at the draft. I, th- I, th- yeah, think, yeah, I right. think you can put yourself in such a hole. But at the yeah. same token, I always think you've got a chance. There's enough starter replacements on the waiver wire through the season, in a especially in a in a in a in a, in a standard, redraft league. Now we're yeah. getting to a deep league, a Scottish Bowl twenty. You know, someone posted a question in, in a in a one hundred and six chat earlier about do I go and get Pacheco or likely yeah. off the waivers? And I was saying, no, you don't, because you're going to need every one of those $100 fabs for when someone comes up and's worth it. You're going to have to blow the whole lot in one go. And the reason why is it's a 22-roster league across 12 people. You know, it's over 260 players. Yeah. The chances of you finding a starter level replacement, there's about eight or 10 a season. So you have to, and there's 12 players in your league. So it's much harder. Because the depth is gone. Yeah. Whereas in a standard redraft league, you're looking at about 160-odd players get drafted. There's an extra 100 players, 90 players in the pool to pick from. So the level start-level replacement goes up. The Eliza Mitchells of the world of last year, we've had the James Robinsons. We've had um, you know, so yeah. many players over the years have yeah. come through. Mike Davis himself. Pleasure. Exactly that. So many players that come through to become start-level replacements, Due to injury, due to whatever happens. And if you don't have the roster spots to pick these people up and you don't make the moves, you can't win. You could draft the best team in the world. I could draft an average team. And if you yeah. gave me the free run of the waiver wire, I'll beat you. I just will. Terrible. Because I'll have more players to pick from. And if I've got more players to pick from, I'm more than likely to hit, as you say, those lottery tickets, those those key players because I just need you to have one off week and I need to have one good week and you're eliminated. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the beauty of it. So, you know, for hey, me, vampire leagues was... that do this, right?
2: There are vampire oh, leagues where that. 11 people draft and one just uses the
0: waivers. And
2: yeah, they're and, and,
0: and the amount of vampires that end up winning it, I've seen it so many times yep. because they get that run of waiver-wise and then they end up stealing a few players off people's rosters and then, and then the train leaves the station and it's game over. And I think when I think about tips that I could give people now, week one, right? If you want to win your league, especially a league of record, right? A league that matters to you above all else. You've got to outwork everybody. You've got to have more transactions than anybody. You've got to have picked up more players than anybody. You've got to have done more trades than anybody. Um, that's how you win, right? That That is single-handedly about 80% of it. The yeah. other 20% is picking the right players. Um, things like mm-hmm. this podcast, we will help as long as uh, as with other analysts out there. You know, we will help you. As long as... But you've got to pick up the right players. Well, you've got to pick up players. That's the, that's half of it. Even if they're the wrong players, you've still got to pick them up.
2: Yeah. There's always trying to think ahead, isn't there? There's always a the situation. We blame the drum for Benny Snell over and G Harris a little bit last year, which didn't quite have fruition. Yeah. but the thought process remains the same. It's That's that that thought, yeah. Not that we did well last week and go and get them because Monday morning, Tuesday morning, it's too late. Everybody's lumping in 100 on that one guy, right? It's about having a look ahead all the time.
0: I mean, look, yeah, I I, I got the Betty Snell take wrong. I was right about the workload dropping off. You were, I was, you know, I was halfway there. I just thought they'd use Snell more. It didn't happen. That same process, though, told people to trade or get rid of, uh, Aaron Jones, and then he ended up getting injured. Before, but that was after we gave the advice, and people did trade him, and were like, well, "We're grateful that we got that one done." Um, but it's it's the same reason why you know you managed to get ahead and, and pick up uh, Daryl Williams, for example, was a league winner a few years ago in, in Kansas City um, when Cream Hunt got uh, got cut. You know, C. Well, went into
2: championship games last year with Dario Gumbawali starting.
0: Exactly, because he found ourselves in that position, you, right? I did, so, and I did. And we were so early on the on the, the Rashad Penny. And I mean, we're yeah. not trying to toot our own horn here, but we were so early on the Rashad Penny train. It was scary how early we were. We were we were one of the first to really be out there and say, go get Rashad Penny. This situation's opened up now. And then all of a sudden, it really opened up. And he won you a league.
2: But and that, that process is because of what we saw. That, that was because blood. of the situation. And it's about looking and realizing what the situation is. And that will have meant. It could be any team or any player. It's about spotting that pattern and process coming through.
0: And, and this is it, right? So what people... The level of fantasy question I get is typically, look yeah, at my I'm roster, sure. who should I start? Uh, are you there? I think you're in this. bit slow. You there?
2: I am here, but I don't yeah, know
0: if you can, can hear me. I can, yeah. <laughs> you just said it after of me. The level of fantasy question I get is, I've got these players who should start. And it's actually almost yeah. the wrong question, right? Yeah. I, I get why people get so hung up on start sits, right? I, I get it. I've done. We've got a few of them five coming. years, and I've got five years of start sits podcasts and five years of articles, <laughs> right? I get it. I get why start sits is important, but it's almost the wrong question. <clears throat> the questions you need to ask yourself is how do i and you've got to ask this question Sunday night, Monday morning. How does we'll my get roster this, get so better you're this going. week? Yeah. yeah. But how does my roster get better this week? That's, that's yeah. the question you've got to ask yourself before you get to bed a better on Sunday, first thing on a Monday. How does my roster yeah. get better this week?
2: And that's what's key. Well, we'll come on to them. We've got some listener questions in that I asked for earlier, and we've got cool. both mixes of those in there. So we'll be able to see what a conventional start sit question is, and we'll advise as best yeah. as we can. And we'll have a look at how others have worded questions to try and actually take advantage of a broader spectrum here. So nice. should we get into them? Let's get into them. Super. So, the first one I've got is from Steve, who is at Trader Tennessee on Twitter. Uh, he's got Hi, guys. Curious who you think I should sit week one. He looks like he's got four wide receivers and a running back, and he needs to fill two wide receiver spots and a flex. So, he's got Stefan Diggs, Eamon and brown Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, and then the running back that could fill the flex is Elijah Mitchell. All right. Two wide receivers and one flex to come from that. Okay. What are your thoughts? Look, start start your studs.
0: So digs is not yeah, right. Yeah, got locked yourself. Right, you start your studs. First piece of advice to give to anybody: start your studs. If you draft them in the first yep. second round, you have to start them. It's almost Brilliant. like nailed on. If you're asking me a start set question about should I start your cup this week, I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> you don't draft a guy in the first round and to ask a start set question about him, right? Same goes to the second round. So no, um, yeah. you start you start digs. You draft him, you have to start them, right? Correct. So then you've got Amos, St. Brown, Mooney, and Cooks, right? The one I would yeah. say, in this will surprise people. Is at sit Cooks. Oh, the reason the reason in Sick Cooks, it's not player or talent, it's the matchup, yeah. right? Yeah, Colts. So I'm locking, I'm locking Mooney because who else is catching passes on that roster in week one? Yeah. No There's no one. On. Komet, no one. Maybe. On. Komet, <laughs> yeah, Colkumet. Um, Kolkmeyer's going to catch past there. I look at their matchup, and I think it's not uh, not the worst matchup, not necessarily uh, the best matchup for the for the Bears. They got the 49ers yeah. It's a good D. I'm not going to say it's an elite D. It's a good D. Yeah. Um, I think Mooney's good enough to make plays on those corners. I think he's good enough to um, get peppered a lot and get volume. Right, so okay. I play him as my, so my... Mooney and Diggs two is. receivers. Yeah, all day
2: long. So now... now, so the now question goes our, goes to, Armin Ra, Cooks and Mitchell to fill your flex. Right, so... It's we're together to just cook. to let you know on those receivers. We're together. Right, how we're okay.
0: Now.
2: There's a case to... Okay, so there's
0: a case for... Let's rule out Cooks and explain why I rule out Cooks. Cooks for me is at the bottom of this list and the reason why it's purely matchup. they've got the Colts. Colts, very sophisticated team... Very good yeah. defensively, very good defensive unit. When you're sitting there and you're thinking about how the Colts are going to beat the Texans, one, you've got a not really overly established running back with a not a brilliant offensive line. Mm-hmm. So you've got Damian Pierce in there. He's going to have a bit of volume, but it's he's not going to get 20, 30 uh, touches in this game. Colts are going to go ahead early. We're thinking game script. They're going to go ahead. They're going to manage the game. It's going to be almost a bit like a Swiss Army knife, very precise, precision kind of football. So I don't think Damian Pierce is a huge factor in this game. Then you're thinking, right, well, they've got to put the ball in the air. Now, I think I look at the Colts and think about how they're going to scheme. I think they're going to scheme a lot of zone and a lot of double coverage on on Cooks. And I think they're going to say, if you want to go and get yardage, you can have it on Collins. And I think they're going to play containment football. And I think they're going to let Collins get a lot of those sort of 10 to 15 yard options. Because the other thing with the Texans is there's no real tight end. People talk about Brevin yeah. Jordan. They tried to trade him. They've, they've, signed now just, o. Signed, Howard. they've just signed OJ Howard, but they've just signed mm-hmm. him. So he's not, up to, he's not up to speed with the playbook. He's done zero reps with, with Davis Mills. He's not yeah. going to get the with one. So that tells me that Brevin Jordan is out. He's on the way out. So they're not going to use Brevin Jordan all that much. We know that uh, OJ Howard is likely to be phased
3: in at some point, but he's not mm-hmm. ready.
1: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. You
4: can
3: live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today.
4: U equals U undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you Montgomery County.
1: Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. So now we're, we're really starting to get the
0: picture here of where the ball's going to go. It's going to it's going to go to to Nico Collins. What's and I think Nico, I exactly that. I think they're going to give him very safe do you want you want twelve yards yeah. on Nico Collins? Fine, you can have your twelve yard. And what we'll do is yeah. we'll stonewall you in the red zone. And that's but how he's going to get down the field. Yeah. And I think that's how they're going to play this game. And I think they're going to. Okay. And I'm not saying Cooks is. I'm not saying Cooks isn't going to get his, but I don't think he's going to have this. You know, I, I can see a target line yeah. of, of like five to sixty for Cooks. I think that's the sort of okay. line I'm kind of expecting from Brandon Cooks. So where'd you go then? Collins Cooks is out. So. I'm a Russell Brown's got the Eagles. They're at home. They've been on hard knocks. A lot of exposure. I think he's the ceiling play. So I think if I'm yeah. looking at ceiling, I'm thinking about I'm projected to be behind in the matchup, or it's not projected to Best be very close. Yeah, right, Then, then I'm probably going St. Brown because I want the ceiling play. Yeah. If I'm projected to win the matchup by quite a significant margin. It looks pretty comfortable. And no, I'm no, no, projections are projections, right? But if you're projected to win by 20, you're, you have you're to feel the yourself winning
2: down at rosters, right? Yeah. Of
0: course you're right. If you feel confident about the matchup, man-to-man, man, you think yeah. you've you got a good chance of winning it, I'm starting Mitchell to contain it. Because I think Mitchell has got the safe floor. I think he's going to have a decent game. I don't think he's going to have a huge game. I don't think he's going to put up like 180 yards and three touchdown kind of game. But I do think he's going to have a very fantasy-relevant flex game and I think he's yep. easily got the safer floor. But if I wanted the ceiling play, I'm going St. Brown. Because I think St. Okay. Brown, I think again I'm thinking familiarity, week one, charts new on the team. I think he's going to be good. But it's he week is, one. They haven't had a lot of time. So I think I think for me I look at the ceiling play and I think the ceiling play out of those two is St. Brown. So it down to where you are in your matchup. If you are going to win comfortably I play Mitchell. If you're going to if you can shoot for the moon, i play Sam Brown.
2: That was my but mindset. Cook- my yeah. mindset was two wide receivers that should score the most out, Diggs and Mooney, straight in. The other flex spot comes to me about how you're, you're set on the game and the matchup as a whole. Yeah. I, I differ slightly. Yeah. I would have took Eamon Ra as the seeding play uh, and I'd actually take Cooks because even if Cooks has a bad day, you're still going to accept him to get five catches, 60 yards and maybe a score. And I think if you are looking at a 15, 20 point win, that may just tip you over.
0: Yeah, and that that is that is a likelihood. I can I can understand. I could buy that logic one hundred percent. I just think for me, if you ask me, who's got the safer floor, uh, Adam Mitchell and Cooks, so I'd go Mitchell because I think he's got the nailed-on volume. There's yeah. no one behind him that's they get they opened up the whole back row. Like who's going to be the number two? And really, no one won the role, <laughs> <They've got laughs>
2: which is to me, injury-prone. Tyrion Davis Price, rookie, and the colour in the game the other guy, undrafted rookie as well.
0: Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, no one really grasped the backup role. So it says to me that Mitchell's going to get a decent amount of workload, uh, early at least. Um, and I think, again, they'll want to run the clock. If you look again, you think of the game script of that, of that game against the Bears, I think you'll see the 49ers go up early, and I think they'll try and manage the game. Uh, that would involve a bit of Mitchell. That's where I think he gets Definitely. decent volume. Um,
2: but I can understand
0: cool. Cooks potentially as a floor play. I personally would lean Mitchell
2: over over Cooks. week one. Cool. Next one's a, a similar question, more running back base. So this is Rob at Rob underscore LS67. My um, running backs so are Eckler, Dobbins, Drake, James, Cook, Matheson, and Ken Walker. If Dobbins doesn't make it or he does, but he's on a snap count, who is playing as my second running back? So I guess he's assuming Eckler starts, starts studs, no doubt. Yeah, Dobbins is out. Let's take that. I'm going to say Ken Walker's probably going to be out week one as well. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with Drake or James, Cook, Or Madison? And I'm going with Drake.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think we mentioned that a little bit earlier on,
2: right?
0: Yeah, no no doubt in my mind. that um, It's a tough situation to be in if Dobbins is out. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm starting Kenyon Drake there. James Um, Cooks are going to get uh, a big
2: enough workload of the Bills at the Rams. He's got to earn it. Yeah,
0: exactly that. Uh, That's not really a game I'd I'd want to be relying too heavily on the running backs for. Uh, In that one, uh, Madison, we've already kind of covered. Um, so, yeah, give, give, me, give, me, give me Drake out of those uh, week one. I think yeah. he's someone who could be uh, a flex-worthy player. It's a shame it's in your running back two, not your flex, but I do think he puts flex-worthy numbers up. Um, uh,
2: yeah, in, in, decent flex if we have Drake there, if Dobbins does play. Uh, Andy, so Yeah. So they're definitely. conventional people will see as start-sit questions and, and that type of thing, right? And that is all as well subjective, it's how you see it, how you feel it will go. These are our opinions based on, in Murph's, well Murph's area, years of experience and studying and watching and learning and mine, not quite so much, but um, this is how we see it playing out. Everyone will have their own opinion. It's about listening to this, factoring that into your own thought process and finding that ground. Yeah. The next question we've got is from our very own Five Yard Dynasty, Rich Dynasty Island. And it gives you an idea of how questions can be worded differently. So he's put, and Murph, this is for you, what players or situations are you monitoring in week one and intending to take advantage of? Yeah, good question. Because
3: um, he's thinking ahead. You he's right.
2: put that. Intending to take advantage of. So he's thinking week two already. What are we looking for this week that I can still march on someone into week two?
0: So I've already mentioned a few examples. So uh, Daryl Williams in Arizona is one. I'm really keen to see how that situation plays, and I'm, I might be a hundred percent wrong on that. But yep. if he turns out, if I'm just trying to follow the, the the logic of the team, right, and if the logic suggests that he's going to have a flex worthy role in that team with the handcuff upside, I'm thinking that if he if he puts up a, a reasonable game, he's going to be a decent waiver wire ad. So if I can have him before I have to pay any money for him out of my fab. That's good for me. That's kind of what I want. So that's a situation I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I'm keeping an eye on uh, what happens in Baltimore. That's really obvious from multiple perspectives in Baltimore, right? What I want to see in Baltimore yeah. is, is what happens with the running back situation. I kind of think I already know <clears throat> from last season. They're going to run the hot hand. It's who has the better game on the day. is going to get the more touches. Yeah. So they're going to run a hot hand offense until Dobbins is fit and can take the workload. Right? So... That's one I'm watching. Is that still right? Or is that, have I got confirmation bias based on what I saw last season? They are different backs. They have different skill sets. I'd argue Ken and Drake was the best of all the backs that they've had recently. So that would be an interesting one just to see, is it confirmation mm-hmm. bias on my side or is it going to play out differently? I'm also looking at the wide receiver side. Um, so I'm looking at who's, who's going to be the next reads. Is it DuVernay? Is it likely who, who is getting reads on that, on that team? outside of andrews and bateman because that third look is going to be really crucial because the ownership level of that third look is virtually nil Duvernay, less than five percent owned likely less than five percent owned whoever it's going to be proche i doubt it's proche but that's probably his name in the mix whoever it's going (laughs) to be that ownership goes up Week one, so maybe you want to take a punt. And I've been buying Duvernay on that role, but Duvernay's fifteen percent
2: owned in redraft right now on sleeper.
0: Well, there you go. So that's a situation I would be looking to exploit. So I'd be looking to sprinkle some Duvernay on. I've got him in quite a few places. He's a player I'd be sprinkling and having in places, thinking that's one way I can take advantage. Because if he ends up having a a five for eighty in a touchdown game, guess what? He's going to be in everyone's waiver wire column next week. Don't be behind, be ahead. That's a situation I'm looking to exploit. Um, I'm. There's a comment that came out of the Buccaneers today. Now, I I kind of disregard coach speak when it comes to Buccaneers because it tends to all be garbage. Uh, but there was something about Fournette having a, a lesser role. Uh, okay. Let's see if that's true. If that's true, who is getting it? Is it Geo? Is it Keyshawn Vaughn? Or is it... Is it white? Most people tend to think it's going to white. I don't
2: necessarily believe it is, at least this early. Um, I'm not out on Geo and he's one of those, as we spoke about, yeah. bottom two, three spots that I've got there just in case.
0: So that's what I mean. I think, you know, I, that's a situation I'd be monitoring, looking to exploit, if it's true, and it could just be complete And listen, with the Buccaneers and coach speak, nine times out of ten, it is complete garbage. So that's something... Yeah. I'm not really looking to exploit. I'm looking to see if it's true and maybe there is an opportunity to exploit if it's anything different from the, the what we expect, what the status quo is. Um, Wondell Robinson, is he the starting slot in New York? And if so, what kind of volume he's getting? That's one I'm really keeping an eye on because I think... My I be at,
2: in a similar mold. Dotson or Samuel in Washington.
0: Yeah, that's another situation. The reason I say less so for me is because I'm not convinced that's an overly aerial attack Um, as much as, say, New York is going to be. I think New York are going to sling it quite a lot. New York's a bad team, right? It's a bad team. They're going to be behind a lot. They're going to put the ball in the air. Washington, we know that D is really, really good. We know that D is good. It's a top five, six D, right? So we know if they're competitive and they keep the ball, time of possession in Washington is going to be really key. If they keep the ball well and they don't turn the yep. football over, which is something Carson Wentz has been struggling with the last couple of years, and maybe that is they use safe plays like out routes, like slot routes to, um, to Dotson or Samuel or whoever it might be. I get the logic on that. But I'm thinking if I'm looking at the bigger picture and lots and lots of passes, lots of targets – what uh New York, for me, is, is one I've, I've really got an eye on. What's the target distribution going to be? Again, new offensive coordinator, new coach, new scheme, new day. Could be the same old crap in, in, in New York. Likely to be. But my point is they're going to be a bad team. They're going to have to throw the ball lot. How much is Wondell yeah. Robinson going to get? Don't forget this guy was a second-round pick. People forget that about Wanda Robinson. He was very mm-hmm. highly drafted. <laughs> Um, so that's an area I'm looking to exploit and he's a player I've been picking up in a few places as well uh, other examples to exploit, because like, everyone's going to the problem is everyone who, not everyone try not to overgeneralize. people are going to be focusing on the big great offences the Bills yeah. the Rams the Buccaneers do you know what most of those players are owned <laughs> yeah. so there's not much point in trying to gleam an advantage unless you're talking from a dynasty perspective very different but from a redraft perspective, you know, do I? Unless you're looking at a player like okay, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. He's someone I'm looking at at the Bills. He's low owned. I think he's about twelve percent owned. He's someone that does he get that wide receiver three job? If so, what does that look like? That's an area I might exploit. So I'm, I'm looking at on
2: Carolina on that same thing. DJ Moore's going. How much is? Anderson getting how much is Rashad Higgins getting they brought him, they've got Terrace Marshall there they brought in who picks up that second wide receiver role
0: yeah and that, that's an interesting one to watch as well because my sneaky suspicion is it's was... going to be Higgins I mean I, I was you okay. know how much I was in on Robbie Anderson last year I'm so out on him this yeah. year Um I'm hanging I on to think that relationship I'm going to yeah I... this time. <laughs> and that could happen they paid him it'd be interesting to see what happens I think, yeah, that's an opportunity. I, I think you've got to look at teams that are
2: going to throw the ball or not. lot. Um, I, I Robbie think Kirk, the most owned of all of them at eighteen percent. So You can almost get any of those four. Both yeah. Waivers. Jacksonville's a really interesting
0: one. James Robinson's been declared fit. Uh, James mm-hmm. Robinson becomes a really nice, um, sneaky under the radar target now because I think about. I think he might be on a step
2: count though early on.
0: Yeah, he will. But that I look at, I look at the way that Doug Pederson runs his offenses. He's got two very good running backs. there. He's got to run them both. I'm not saying there's a, there's a ceiling play there, but there's a very good floor play, flex play week to week with someone like Robinson. Yeah. If an occurrence like the Liz Frank happens to Etienne, then it's James Robinson to the moon. The way I look at it is that a player like James Robinson is almost similar to how I kind of was describing what that Daryl Williams role could be, and a week to week flex play with the ceiling player with the handcuff. And I think that's what James Robinson role is now. That is his role. He's a, he's a potential week to week flex play with premium handcuff status. Because if Etienne goes down, they're going to run that ball so many, because that is what Pederson does. He runs the ball. like. Uh, but this, there is a low, there is a low ceiling to whoever is there. So I'm, I'm not really in on Etienne. I think they're going to split a lot of the ball. Um, trying to think of other situations you could exploit I, I think the Chicago situation is there to be absolutely rinsed because if you take Darnell Mooney out of the equation no one there is owned you've got Justin Fields who's 45% owned oh, everyone gosh. else yeah that's what I mean that whole Chicago situation is there to be exploited um, this offense is not going to yeah. be as bad as it was right it's not going to be as bad as it was um, Matt Nagy's gone They've got competent coaching staff there, competent offensive coordinator. For me, um, everyone in that offense, with the exception of Mooney, is, is under-owned. Uh, Fields at 45% is under-owned. Uh, he's easily a situation that can be exploited. Um, we don't know who the wide receiver two is on that team yet. We think it's probably going to be... Um, oh, oh, who was the lad that was at Kansas City? What? Um, uh,
2: well, are so I mean. Yeah. What, so who's there? Uh, one two? Byron Pringle. Uh, Byron they're Pringle. St. Brown. Yeah. Um, no, Byron. Set, they put a few of them in.
0: So I, I think Byron Pringle is, is probably the guy to own her. But St. Brown is another one as well. Cole Komet's criminally underowned. Uh I think they're all players that you can keep an eye on to exploit. Um, and again, sprinkle on your rosters now if you've got the space. Um, we're naming a lot of guys. Home. That's just Otherwise. what I mean. That is a whole situation that can be exploited and jumped upon because I don't expect them to win week one as well. That's the, the whole point is they've got the 49ers. I expect them to lose quite comfortably, but let's yeah. see who's and got the volume. That, correct. Let's see who gets targets? the work.
2: Who's going pick up the reps. Yeah.
0: Never the situations you want. And you're to not play picking play. them because have,
2: you're not going to waver them Next Monday, because they have amazing games and everybody's in front of you, you're picking them because they could have an amazing game week two if they <laughs> could pick up that same workload. Week two, week three, week four.
0: You want to get ahead of the trend on these, so you want to see who's getting high yeah. snap counts, who's playing a lot, who's getting targeted a lot, who's running a lot of routes. They're the three things I look at. Right? If someone's playing a lot but they're not running a lot of routes, it just says they're a blocker, not yeah. that interested. But if they're and if they if they're running a lot of routes they're yeah. not getting targeted, that says they're not running the routes properly. Or they're getting, or they're getting heavily yeah. covered, or blocked, or skinned. So I want all
2: those three things. Or That's they I'm just for. don't fancy.
0: Yeah, or that as
2: well. So anybody kind of sixty percent snap brute up is going to be viable, right?
0: Yeah, I'd want to see a bit more than that, but yeah, uh, okay. I'd, I'd be looking near near a seventy. Uh, but it kind of depends on game by game situation uh, and who's on yeah. the roster, especially those bad teams. Like, I want to be seeing 70, 75, 80%. Like, on the Bears, I'd want to be seeing an 80% snap count. Um, what are you looking at? Like that,
2: a six, seven target type receiver?
0: I think the targets is almost subjective because you have to go by what the game was and the scheme Games, and yeah. how much they have the ball, um, how the other defense played. But I'm looking, at, I'm looking at how many routes they run. So, if they run routes on Let's say they, they have an 80% snap count. They run routes on 95% of the, the snaps that they mm-hmm. play. Uh, and they get six targets. That really interests me. Like, that really interests yeah. me. That's when I'm like, I'm pricking my ears thinking. Even if the yeah, six targets tend
2: to free for 28 yards. I'm not 100%. worried about that. that
0: no, 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 absolutely not. Um, in fact, yeah. it's almost better from uh, <clears throat> under the radar. it will be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So never a bad thing. So, yeah, there's some thoughts and and mind processes and there's some situations i think can be exploited i'm sure there's there's many others uh, and there is effectively for me there's a situation on every single team i could probably conjure up um and exploit Um, for example i would be right now trying to shop Darren waller absolutely everywhere if i had him because i think he he goes heaven i think he literally crashes to the bottom this year i think he, he literally his value is going to literally plummet by the week, and I think if you can get out on Darren Waller right now, that's the situation I'd be exploiting, because I'd want—I mean, I don't have any of them Interesting. Uh, I think maybe in one league, I yeah, I'd, I'd cash out. What well, if you can get a decent price for him right now and try and sell the dream of hey, he could be the next Gronk, and it works? Uh, I'm out. Like cash out. Give me, give me a second round pick next year. You can have Darren Waller. Cheers. Uh, I'd watch that, and okay. I'll watch that stop plummet because in two weeks' time, you're not going to get a third for him in five weeks time you're not going to be a fourth for him he's going to be a virtually worthless a hundred percent i think Uh. he is
3: the hiv epidemic is not over hiv is still here the face of hiv is so diverse the biggest thing to reduce hiv stigma is
5: just to talk about it testing and prep and hiv treatment and how effective it is today
4: Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County.
1: Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org.
0: And that's a situation I want to exploit. 100%. Yeah.
2: That's how we win this game. We always talk about it. little wins. Little wins make big yeah. wins, right?
0: So that's another one for So Rich. It's probably not... I don't know if you're on that one, Rich, but if you are, then... I'm not sure if Rich agrees and
2: in go for a second, but I'll have to get on
1: Rich's
2: uh, trade and see how that pans out. <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, next question we've kind of covered off a like lot, Andy, at Royal Bear C on Twitter said, I'd like to know your views on drafting kickers and defences or just picking them up after. Uh, it's seen a lot of both wonder what our views are on it. And we sort of spoke about it a bit earlier, but if the situation is there to pick up another talent and fill your roster with a potential starter or somebody you can IR down the line, the difference in who you're going to draft at that spot for a defensive kicker to who you can pick up now on the waivers isn't a lot of variance, is there?
0: No, so I talk about this a lot in. The- I talk about this a lot in the book, right? I have done for the last three years. So to give you um, some analysis on this, right? I've, I've looked at the last eight years' worth of data. Kickers, uh, the kicker one to the kicker 12 equates to about two and a half points a game. Yeah. It's about what it weighs out to be, right? It's not a great difference. And people say, oh, well, I'll pay up for that difference. But if you're paying up five rounds in point differential value by round, that's a heck of a lot more than two and a half points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah the difference between the kicker six and the kicker 12 is about a point a game. It's about what you're paying. So, um, not drafting a kicker should be the norm. Uh, unless the only way I'd advocate drafting a kicker is, is twofold or three, one, you're in a best ball. You have to, right? Fine. Yep. Two, you're in a league that you're not overly invested in. Right. What I mean by that is, yeah, you can do it. Uh, nice to go back to
2: it a little bit. Yeah
0: you're kind of you're in a league where you're just going to set a line up you're going to play you're kind of over committed yeah. on leagues you're not really all that into the league you're probably going to leave it next year or whatever right but yeah. you, you kind of did it to fill some numbers but you're not even invested and you think you know what i just want to kicker. i'll take one the last round and then i can just have a set and forget a kicker fine i don't have a problem with that everyone has a league like that everyone has multiple leagues like that fine or you know you you'd be drafting kickers this week because you're not planning to activate the waivers you kind of just want to get yourself. I don't mind that, right? Week to go if you're drafting kickers. Yeah. I've done it in a couple of places. Uh, there wasn't the IR spots available, or players to pick up on a high R. Fine, I, I have a problem with that. They're the only times I've drafted kicker, um, or I've been a crazy league like use it up
2: where there's start two kickers in a 14 man league.
0: Yeah, yeah, things like that, um, <laughs> or Scottish ball where the scoring kind of advocates it. The itself. Thing. yeah, fine. Yeah. So cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it because it's not. I wouldn't draft a kicker in a normal league in a normal circumstance because there's absolutely no reason to. There's no advantage to drafting a kicker versus not drafting a kicker. Um, you've got more of an advantage of not drafting a kicker um, because the chances of you hitting someone with that last pick that ends up becoming fantasy relevant actually outweighs the <clears throat> 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7 points per game that you might gain from drafting a kicker. Um and then if you can end up getting players who you can put on your IR spot and you end up having a large bench, you definitely will outweigh drafting a kicker. So it's just, for me, there's nothing Perfect. about drafting a kicker that makes that makes sense. Um, unless it's in those cool. stipulations I've talked about. So I wouldn't do it. DSTs are different. Now, historically, analysts, spe- uh, anybody analyzing team defenses are uh, historically crap at it, right? Everyone's crap at it. There's, they I don't care what anyone tells me. Um, uh, The number one DST is the Buffalo Bills this year, right? That's on ADP. That's the number one DST. If they finish in the top five, if they finish in the top five ADP this year, I will be shell-shocked. Shell-shocked. Okay. Because every year, a team that finishes... A team that basically a DST that never gets drafted ends up being a top two DST. Who was drafting yeah. the Dallas Cowboys defense last
2: year? Wasn't happening.
0: Who was drafting?
2: the Bills well, getting in there. It was the same last year. It would have been the Rams. I think the year before that would probably have been the Bears. The Buccaneers. You know, they yeah, brought.
0: Bears. They, no one ever repeats as the DST one that happens. Right. So if you're drafting the Cowboys, if you're drafting the Bills, you might as well have not bother. Um, I'm drafting defenses that have historically good finishes. Um, and the three best
5: ones
0: are don't matter because we don't know who's good and who isn't. I mean, I've talked yeah, about it very loosely it. here for week one, but over the course of a season, we don't know who's good and who isn't. You can sit yeah. there and analyse the strength of schedule and, and all of those sorts of things. I think you can spend too much time yeah, analysing. you have a feel you. for
2: what teams are going to be sound and what teams are going to struggle. But there's always a team that finishes that starts that's gonna be last yeah. in the division that
0: finishes first. I mean, there's always gonna be the odd surprise. You need two of those and it completely changes the strength of schedule. Fair. I go with teams that historically finish high, and I mean we're talking multiple years. If you're looking at the three best combined teams in DST scoring over the last seven or eight seasons, it's the Steelers, the Patriots, and the Ravens. Yeah. So but i, I buy Ravens them the Patriots. And yeah. with their ADP price, you can get them all in the last round. So you can take whoever yeah. you want to take. Get one of those three in the last round. Do you know what? If you get it wrong, doesn't matter.
2: The other I strategy is probably the... just behind that, and uh, there's a bit
0: of a drop off after there. Um, okay. Those three are historically like well above everyone else. Now, the other score, of the thought is you could look at the first four fixtures and you could pick a streaming DST. The Titans, for me, look to have.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: "Quote unquote," the best. I mean, they have got the Bills in there, which is a bit nasty, but the rest of it looks all right. I think they got the Colts, the the Giants, and the. Uh, I've got it here. Um, the other one. I got it here because I wrote it down earlier the Raiders. Um, okay. which I think there's opportunities there to be exploited uh, from the way that DST scoring is. So they're not bad. So you can either go for a streaming pick, or I just do what I do. I've just been picking the Steelers, the Patriots, or the Ravens. Um, because okay. they're going to be just as good. They're going to be around about four to eight this year. And that's yeah. all I need. And that's all I need from the position. I just need to not lose from the position. And if they hit the jackpot like it. the Patriots did a couple of years ago, where they were 150 points over any other DST, then that days. be you. You're laughing all the way at the bank
2: super and I hope that helps got one more Murph uh, Martin at Lucky Fantasy IA, Lucky Fantasy guy says week one PPR league rank these receivers we've got Waddle, Bateman, Sutton and DJ Moore
0: uh, I see I haven't fully set my week one Waddle <laughs> goes Waddle goes at the bottom because he's an injury risk and he's, he's a wide receiver 10... too he's the
2: only one there that's probably a wide receiver too on their team
0: Potentially, I, I just think with the injury risk, uh, how much is he going to yeah. play? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's one for me I'm a bit unsure about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd probably put him last. Um, and then I would probably go to... Sorry, I just said that. i would last. So now I'm looking that. at... Uh, I'm going... I'd probably go with... Let me get the schedule up and let's see who's playing who because that's going to play. Ravens have got a Jets. Yeah, so Bateman goes quite high just based on that matchup. I think that's a good one to uh, potentially exploit. Sutton's um, got
2: the Seahawks and DJ Moore with the Panthers will have the Browns. Yeah,
0: good one. I would probably go... Yeah, that's tough actually because they're all kind of near for me. They are for me.
2: They're very, yeah, they're they're, they're it's, very very it's near. I think the yeah, so on. all in that same sort of bracket.
0: I think I'd probably I'd probably go. I've got DJ. i probably go uh, top. I'd go Sutton. I'd go Sutton Bateman More Waddle. I just think Sutton's matchup is probably the best of the bunch. Baker's gonna
2: want to show off. I've lost you there. You there? More Bateman model for me. So
0: we've got that bit agreed.
2: You kind of broke up there for me, but I I think we've agreed. Sorry, man. <laughs> we've agreed bottoms bottom, and that's what it matters. Sorry, Martin. So I've gone. Yeah, I've got I I go <laughs> Sutton top Sutton
5: Bateman more. Waddle, that's my order.
2: No, we're out. I'm more certain Bateman Waddle, but hey, we're on Waddle being bottom. That I think both they're close. I, I, that from all of us with annoying minds, so we're okay with
0: that. I think I think they're close. I think the bottom line is you could kind of yeah. throw a blanket over the other three, and I think they're all Correct. within a reasonable range. I don't. I, I that that's a tough start. set. like for me, if someone sent that to me, <sighs> and I have done. I think. Oh, I've really thought about that. But yeah, I I, I play matchups. So, uh, because I think they're so close, but I'll do. Do you know what, Martin? I'll send you my rankings when I'm finished with them and I've gone through them for the week, and I will uh, send them to you. Uh, and maybe I might change the order by then uh, and I've given it a bit more thought.
2: Fair. So, last bit from us tonight is there any other key bits of advice that go through the season, I guess? But now we are here, we're into setting rosters, setting lineups. Any key bits of advice? I remember one that. Five yard kinda of had in a t-shirt at one stage that springs to mind.
0: Yeah, I've got that hoodie the upstairs still. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, never flex on Thursdays. Don't ever put a flex, uh don't ever put a player that's playing on Thursday night in your flex spot. Um that's just disastrous. You're just handcuffing yourself because if you get an injury, you you got more flexibility in the flex spot. Starting in your wide receiver spot, you've got yourself more room. Um yeah.
2: I always say for someone that plays, but for those that don't, really quickly, why?
0: Yeah, your Wi-Fi keeps dropping out. Um, awesome. Uh, I I would just say I'd, I'd echo that and, and say yeah. that I, I would say I would say from there that yeah, have <laughs> your don't ever play those players in your – don't play first-night players in your flex. Our advice to follow is yep. set your team on Thursday for, for the week, but then yep. be open-minded. Amazing. Yeah, and do you know what? I also like to do this if you're a high-level strategy player, and um, the Americans call it playing possum. So I will, mm-hmm. I will sometimes, if I've got a rivalry, and I do this in home leagues quite a lot, I'll set a fake lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then kind of I'll switch and make
2: them look yeah, less comfortable. It, I've done that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do that in home leagues, especially against rivals. Make them think... Because, again, we've talked about this, right? It, you might set a line-up a certain way because you look it really comfy. That doesn't in, in,
2: work when you forget to go back you, you do it,
0: though. No, you've got to set the line-up back afterwards. Um, but if you do, you're going to be in a, in a good spot. I, think, I like that kind of approach. And I think that's a good one. Um, I think...
2: Well, we Listen, did, yeah, we a Brooke uh,
0: Cooks and Armin in a high play and a low play. Yeah. So maybe you switch it up, put the low play in, then switch it to the high play. Maybe put the high play in, switch to the low play. Kind of up to you, kind of what you want to do there. Um, the other two bits of advice I'd, I'd give, especially to newer players, is um, one, just uh, check your waiver wire, just see who's there, uh, just have a rummage through. Um, and check out your opponent's uh, starting lineup and see what they've got in their squad. Maybe they're playing possibly you. See what's going on there. Don't don't take the projections like a new fantasy player or someone inexperienced will take the platforms projections like literally. And I tell you now, possible. I've yet to meet yeah. a platform that is that good at, pro- at projections. Right? They're a good guide. Don't be afraid to start a player with a lower projected amount than a higher – I'll give you an example. I've got a lineup um, I was setting this morning where Diggs has a lower projection on NFL.com than Russell Gage. You explain to me how that is possible. Really? I'm going to start Russell Gage, and I like Russell Gage. I'm higher than Russell Gage, about 99% of people. But I'm going to start him over – Stefan Diggs like, are we, and by the way it's not close it's like by 1.2 points it's ridiculous and I'm like no the projections are nonsense they're a guide they're nothing but a guide don't take them literally go with the players you feel are going to give you the best outcome and second of all well, have fun just have fun with it it's what fantasy football is we've waited <clears throat> nine months to set a line up um,
2: on that note just quickly if I can going back to Martin's question Daniel model comes in second if you look at projections there you go. It's 15 for Courtland Sutton, 14 for Waddle, and two 13s for Sutton and whoever else it was. Moore and the other one, Bateman.
0: So Sleeper agree with me. It's good to know. It's about the first time Sleeper and I No, we had Waddle something. second.
2: Had Waddle second. We both had Waddle Oh, yeah, one. but that's irrelevant.
0: Yeah, but that's because they think he's going to play. <laughs> yeah. He might play, but that's by the by. Yeah.
2: Um, cool. cool. So have fun with you, Sam.
0: Yeah, just have fun with it. Just have fun um, and do some trash talking, and live it up a bit, and, and have good fun. That's that's the other piece of advice I give you. But listen, I, I love shows like this. this you know, um, one of the person, one of the people that asked the question uh, in here, I think it was the first question we got was uh, Trader Trader Tennessee. Yeah, he wrote he wrote a really nice, um, wrote a really nice message on on Twitter uh, earlier, which I retweeted, and I he says he's been playing fantasy football since 1995. I, I just published a couple of articles on Substack. One's the Wave of Wire, similar to the podcast I did. Yep. The second one is um, <clears throat> 10 strategy points for in-season roster management. And yep. he said he got more out of that article than, you know, other bits that he's read. And he's like, he's been playing for 30 years almost and got a lot of uh, insight out of it. And, I don't think the strategy piece of the game is talked about enough. And I think that's where this pod is very, very different. You know, if, you, if you're looking for a reason to tune in to this pod, and I think you've heard it over the last 70 minutes, Dan and I will look at this more from a game theory approach. Like the way that Dan and I come to similar conclusions more often than not because we think very similarly, which probably isn't great from yeah. a combative content perspective. <laughs> but in terms of a, but, we're, but the thing is...
2: That is the content at... is a value, Murph.
0: Well, that's it. And also, you and I will arrive at the same answer through different approaches. Uh, we have a lot of similar approaches. We're both conservative nature players. We'll both look at opportunity. We'll both look at volume. But perhaps you and I will view certain situations differently but still come to the same answer. And I think there's value in that because there's more than one way to get to an answer and there's more than one way to be right. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's really key here is... We're going to talk to you over the next 17 weeks about our processes, the processes in which we get to play. It'd be really easy for Dan and I to sit here over the next 17 weeks and just say, pick this player, pick this player, pick this player, pick this player. You learn nothing. Like the whole point is you yeah, learn correct. nothing. Um, we want to give Before you the Before I go here,
2: I listened and I'm a better player as a result of it. So. Yeah. And Maybe and that's the whole
1: why we is the same. Maybe I've just had you in me here for the last <laughs> so many years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's a really that's a really shameful thought. If that's true, uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Heard. But I think I think the whole point is, yeah, he's no, no, just like we want to teach stop, you how no. to do it. Right. <laughs> we want to we want to give you all the tools to do things the way you want to play the game, right? And the way that I play the game, the way Dan plays the game, is slightly different, although also quite weirdly similar. Um, but it might not be right. But we're still going to give you the way that we think, so that you can build your own strategy. And that's the kind of the whole point of this show is it's going to be very strategy and theory based. But as a result, you're going to get a lot more out of it. So that's why you should tune in for the next uh, 17, 18 weeks beyond. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to do teacher matter away, some fish. Or teach matter fish, right? Exactly that. That's the, that's that's how we're going to end it right there. <laughs>
2: right. Enjoy week one then. Footballs upon us. Sit back, relax, set your lineups. Don't flex on a... Thursday, have fun. Is the last thing I think. And um, uh, by, by the be fans fans next
0: playbook. <laughs> we will be back, and uh, thank you for everything. There's more pods coming. Nice to go guys tomorrow. DFS later in the week. Fast action Friday. I'm going to come with some uh, matchups uh, podcasts as well later on in the week. So enjoy all of that. And don't forget, as always, keep rushing.